Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network is a Moonsault Media production and is intended for private use only. For more information, contact retromaniapodcast at gmail.com. Hey everybody, and welcome to Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network, a pro wrestling podcast network where the host and the show's Romanticize, fantasize, watch and review your favorite or not so favorite storylines, matches, events, and or feuds from your pro wrestling past. I'm one half of the hosting squad, Kobe Nida, and I am joined here with the mayor, the mastermind of Kicking Out It 2, Dave Rosenblut. Dave, how's it going, buddy? What's up, buddy? We got a lot of catching up to do. I, I'm really looking forward to this one. Yes, we do. It seems like it's uh, been a while since we've caught up. Uh, yes, it has been quite a while. I know that both of our our, our, our shoot lives, not our kayfabe lives here on the podcast, <laughs> but our shoot lives have uh, have have taken some uh, some unexpected turns uh, for the good, of yes. course. Uh, so um, you know, I thought it'd be it'd be fitting that you know, with everything that's happened in wrestling, that we uh, we finally make time to catch up here for the month of February. Absolutely, yeah. And if you guys want to catch up with us on the uh, archive of anything on Retromania. Um, we've been doing this show since November, Dave and I, catching up monthly, talking about the state of wrestling and various other topics that we choose to decide to talk about. My dogs are barking out, if you will. Um, barking out for the marking out. Yeah, barking out. <laughs> speaking of barking out, uh, we have a show called Marking Out the Days. Anything on the archive of Retromania that's searching any podcasting app that you download your podcast with. Retromania with a W, and we can be found there. Over 300 episodes, and uh, man, we are growing, and um, I, I love it. Thanks for everybody for liking, sh- sharing, and subscribing to the network and uh, the illustrious shows that we have Cool Truth with AC Whitehouse and Edwards, as well as your show, Kicking Out It Too. Dave, uh, tell us what's going on in the month of January and what you got coming up February as well. Uh, January, we did a bunch of Royal Rumble stuff. Uh, you Mount Rushmore of Royal Rumble undercard matches. Um, we also had a Royal Rumble watch party um, uh, for the 2002 Royal Rumble match. We also did a, um, a New Year's resolution where I gave you my New Year's resolutions for the, for the, the state of pro wrestling in 2021, um, as well as um, we did Royal Rumble undercard, Mount Rushmore. Um, you did a watch along as well. We did the watch along of the 2002 Royal Rumble uh, match, uh, which was chosen by Dennis Levy. Um, but then uh, we, uh, for the month of February, February was, has been pretty loaded. Uh, we've got uh, we had a, a kicking out of two All Pro team in celebration of the Super Bowl from just recently, where Dennis got to choose his All Pro team of wrestlers of past or present in wrestling history that comprised his football team uh, as a part of the first ever kicking out of two All Pro team. Uh, we also had a two-for-one elimination chamber watch party that you were you took part in, where Dennis and I watched the No Way Out 2009 elimination chamber match for the World Heavyweight Title, which Edge won, and then you and I watched the 2011 elimination chamber match where Edge defended the World Heavyweight Title and 
kept it and retained it in an elimination chamber match that was a lot of fun as well plus dennis and i watched the doomsday cage match from wcw uncensored 1996 the 25-year anniversary was next month so i thought it'd be kind of funny if uh, we watched one of the worst matches in the history of professional wrestling which kind of brought dennis and i to a um to an idea we're probably going to start watching some really bad wrestling uh on, on this podcast on kicking out it too so okay. uh, be on the look be on the lookout for some real stinkers well i got some um, suggestions for you guys then Okay, then by all means, you you could take part in it as well. Uh, trust me, uh, you could take part in it as well. Sure. I have no, I, I I'm open to suggestions and contributions. If any of you out there have any contributions to what you think belongs in the stinker collection on kicking out of two, then uh, hit us up on social media. Find us on uh, Facebook and Twitter, um, and uh, you know maybe I'll uh, maybe, maybe I'll take your requests into mind. But uh, nonetheless, uh, February has been rolling on kicking out of two, and uh, you know look forward as we get into WrestleMania season uh for some of our wrestlemania theme shows uh that will be coming up but yeah um it's been it's been it's been quite the busy uh last month and a half or so for kicking out of two absolutely and uh all the content on retromania for sure has been busy we'd popping off episodes weekly with um everything going on during the quarantine to keep you busy and your ears uh busy with the wrestling knowledge um and like i said you can find us on podbean spotify Spreaker, Stitcher, Google Podcast, uh, searching Retromania with a W. Write to us at retromaniapodcast at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions or requests, you can always hit us up in the DMs, like Dave said. Um, we have gotten requests before. Dave and I do plenty of bonus episodes and uh, watch-alongs or anything that you want us to review. Um, yeah, it's right there in the archive um, go back and listen to the illustrious archive. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of hours of uh, content for you. Nonetheless, let's get going with this show. Um, speaking of hundreds and hundreds of hours of content, the WWE Network, they're transferring to Peacock. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts about this? I mean, it's good for them. It's good business. You know, A billion gonna... dollars, pal. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking yeah, I skated yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's good for them. They're on a larger platform uh, as, as part of the exclusive streaming rights in the United States to Peacock. You know, Peacock being the, the streaming service for NBC Universal, which also has Monday Night Raw um, as part of their, uh, their their programming. So I think it's a good thing. Um and it gets more exposure for them uh, on a mainstream level. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if we saw more um, WWE personalities on some of these NBC Universal shows to kind of promote this uh, this this uh, this partnership. But yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a good thing. I know a lot of people are, you know, the the, the lazy technology wrestling fans out there are pretty um, pretty upset at the fact that. It's going to be on Peacock, and you know. But from what I gather, the information I've heard is that it's going to be a real easy transition for current subscribers to the WWE Network to to, to access the footage. And here's here's the here's the good thing about it. Okay, that I think people kind of lose sight of is the fact that you. I currently have a WWE Network subscription. Mm-hmm. It's nine ninety nine. Same here. Okay. All right. And so therefore, all of that content, everything is going to be transferred over to the Peacock streaming service, and you have the option of either getting Peacock with WWE Network for four ninety nine with commercials, or you can get Peacock with WWE Network for nine ninety nine with no commercials. So think about that. 
Okay, just I mean, the commercials can be a pain in the ass. I'll be honest with you. Right. Okay. I used to have, I used to have Hulu. And, oh, that was pretty brutal. You know, and yeah, I mean, for five ninety nine, they had like just as many commercials as they would have on regular television. So think about that. You're getting more content for the same price you would pay WWE Network with no commercials. You know what I mean? Or you could save five bucks and bitch and complain that you got commercials with your WWE Network on the Peacock service. So take your pick. But I look at it as like now you have more of a, you know, of a library if, if you know, you, if you're not just a wrestling fan and you like other television shows and movies and things like that, all in that NBC Universal bubble that they have, there's tons of content there. So I look at it as a win for 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 all parties involved. I do, but I, I'm curious about the interface because um, you and I know when we got the WWE Network when it first started, there was a lot of glitches. There was uh, things that weren't working correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, are they going to just transfer it over like HBO does on Amazon Prime? I think they'll do that interface, but WWE Network has a lot of content to search through. Um, I just hope that some of it doesn't go uh, to the wayside and go missing. Uh, if they lose it in the transfer, yeah. Yeah, and I feel like that's, that's I feel a concern like, of mine too. I, I feel like some of the like older content is just going to go away. Like you and I worked with Marking Out the Days, cheap plug there, a show that mm-hmm. we did covering WCW Saturday Night and WWE Superstars from 1992, yep. um, and we lost sight of the show because we didn't have more content. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. they uploaded the content again. Do yep. you think that'll all stick around? I think it will. Okay. Um, especially for, especially for those subscribers that, you know, want to keep their WWE network, and will, but don't really care for the Peacock service. You know, they'll be forced to to, to subscribe to it mm-hmm. just to get their WWE network. I think they'll keep that around, and they um, get the quick five ninety nine a month. Because yeah, those people th- will be like, fuck it, I'll get it, but I'm not paying the full service. Cause I well, then they'll be like, well, maybe I do want Peacock. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's there's pros and cons to weigh it out as a consumer. But um, I think that they'll be able to, to get the full... Um, the full library that they currently have now on the Peacock service. I don't know how... You know what the transition is going to be like, but they're saying it's going to be a very smooth, easy transition, and current subscribers will get an update within the within a month before launch. So I think right around the time of this recording, the drops. I think it should be. Yeah, I think subscribers will get an update as to how that whole transition is going to go, and and if you want to keep the service that you have, or if you want to change the service when you transfer over to Peacock, I'm not sure, but I think that they're they're expecting to roll out some sort of like memo or email to current subscribers soon. to how to go through that whole process so i would imagine that the whole library is going to be there from what i understand um it, it, i think it's going to kind of be a bundle package kind of like what hulu and espn plus and disney did um where you'll be able to get each streaming services content but under one umbrella so i think it's going to kind of be like that um so I, I, my brother had that service. He had the, the, the triple package with Hulu and Disney and, and ESPN. And he said there was no issues that it seemed that everyone's library was, you know, up to snuff and it was, it was good to go. So, I mean, I have a feeling that it'll be the same thing with WWE Network. I think it would be foolish on WWE Network's part or on Peacock's part to eliminate some content from WWE Network, especially if you're forcing 
current subscribers or even new subscribers mm -hmm. to sign up to their service in, in hopes that it's for WWE Network. I think it would be kind of foolish on their part. I think I think it's a win-win for us if it goes all accordingly. Uh, I, I Honestly, I think it might be a loss for the actual uh, talent involved. Because, um, <clears throat> once again, we've transitioned from pay-per-view to the WWE Network to streaming mm -hmm. live events. Um, yep. That's a big... That's a big uh, cut in pay for a lot of these guys that were used to uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, one of the biggest sellers ever, um, pay-per-view revenue and yeah. uh, merchandising because of that. Um, yep. I, I don't think the the stars are getting a cut of this billion dollars as much. Um, I mean, listening to a recent episode of Jim Cornette's uh, drive through um, I skim all wrestling podcasts, so I'm not just an old head or anything like that but um he i get a lot of background information talking about he basically got like three dollars a month for being uh, you know a, getting a speaking role or royalties for like some stuff those wcw guys that were involved they'll never see a dime of that because wcw was absorbed um, yeah. it's the same thing that'll happen if wwe absorbs evolve or if they do the same thing with Impact Wrestling, um, you know what I'm. You see where I'm going here? Yeah, um, yeah the residuals. Yes. Yeah, the the. I actually got an interesting story to to, to tell you about that. I was um. I was listening to a recent episode of uh, Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard, and they were covering the 1996 Royal Rumble event, and they were talking about during that time period when. WWF superstars Vader and Jake the Snake and Brother Love appeared on the Boy Meets World television show on ABC and how uh, Bruce had a connect in Hollywood that was a friend of his that that's how they ended up getting the, the spot on the, the, the show and for the longest time Disney used to send him residual income because he was a part of that that one episode meaning bruce pritchard and it started out as like two or three bucks and then it got all the way to like 14 cents and because bruce was a 1099 he had to claim that income of 14 cents each year and he said it messed up his taxes over 14 cents like big time and yes, it, got see, to the what... it got to the point where he had to eventually tell them, listen, I don't need any more of these checks. Like, you're sending me a check for 14 cents. Like, I don't need this. Like, can you just stop? And they somehow financially, legally, whatever, they ended up, you know, wa it ended up washing away. But, you know, Bruce said for a while it kind of screwed screwed up his taxes over, you know, a minimal amount um, of these uh, residuals when he, when he starred on that episode of Boy Meets World. Now... To your point about the, the, the wrestlers not getting a piece of the pie, that's been that way for a while, from what I gather. When the network first debuted in 2014, well, that was a big point of contention with the with the talent. Yeah, not that, that, that many are pleased with it, but they're going to continue to work because it's a passion of theirs to wrestle, and they've yeah. invested fucking you know, half of their lives into the company. But what I'm saying is, is that like this was this has been going on for a while since the network had started. Once they started phasing out pay-per-view, which they still they still advertise them on 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 standard pay-per-view. Okay, same you with, can still order a WWE pay-per-view. Same with Impact and AEW. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you can still order standard pay-per-view with these guys. All right. 
WWE, they still do it, okay? But these guys don't get the cut that they do like they used to when pay-per-view was the was the, the major source of income. Then, as time went on, when they started to realize that they had kind of peaked at like over a million and so subscribers to the network, okay? Mm-hmm. Then they started bumping up these guys' contracts where they were giving them more money to make up for what they were losing with pay-per-view revenue and pay-per-view bonuses. And now the, 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 the revenue stream is much different because there's no live events because of the pandemic. Pay-per-view is almost obsolete, okay? The network is where it's at. It's I don't think it's going to really bump up subscriptions. I mean, you might see a little extra tick in subscriptions because they're moving to Peacock, but for the most part... I don't think there's going to be any drastic change. I don't see them, the talent, getting any kind of bump in pay because of this move to Peacock. No. Now, we just we just read recently that some of the office executives and, and people in the office and even some of the agents were not getting their bonuses after their, their yearly reviews because of what's been going on with the pandemic because revenue has changed. The live events have shut down completely. Like they don't even have a live events department anymore. They had to lay all those people off. Um, And depending on the touring and how many people they're going to be able to have at events like the upcoming WrestleMania, um, you know, a, a live touring schedule for, for house shows and television, if they even decide to go that route, is going to be very different for them. And even in, even in a, uh, you know, uh, with, with the different revenue now and the different revenue stream because of the pandemic. So I, I don't see them getting a piece of the pie just yet. If this becomes more successful, then I could see them throwing a few, few extra dollars to the talent's way. Um, the current talent. The, uh, when it comes to you know bonuses or whatever because of the peacock uh, move, but other than that, like it's I, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I think it's 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 a strange position that everybody's in because they're 1099 employees, um, independent contractors. So yep. uh, there is a lot of loopholes in the system. Um, shout out Linda McMahon, small business owner, small business administrations. <laughs> You want to hear something interesting? Fucking everybody Uh in the ass, taking bumps. I'm glad you brought her name up, okay? So, full disclosure, my shoot job, I work in a prison, okay? I'm a corrections officer, all right? I I don't really divulge all that information, but I'll just leave it at that. I'm a corrections officer. That's how we met. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I know, yeah, right? Kobe dropped the soap, and it was just a, you know, (laughs) it was just a friendship ever since. Um, No, but anyhow, um, I was talking with one of the inmates inside and he you know he reads the newspaper because they get the newspaper in jail mm-hmm. and he was telling me that the foods the, the food that gets delivered to the the prison system in the state of connecticut the company is owned by linda mcmahon really which i never i never knew that tax write-off i never knew that stuff. yeah i was like wow he, he was talking about it one day during yeah, the rec it's time. probably like the most blandest food right like the way oh, that yes, she acts and the way that she like it's the shit. Yeah, she's like, here's some potato salad, but I kind of forgot the salad mix, so it's just potatoes. <laughs> it's the shit. Yeah. yeah, it is. But anyhow, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Linda McMahon, small business owner oh, in the state man. of Connecticut. That's crazy, but that's uh, that's at, that's actually very you know virtuous and nice of her. Um, again, business owners. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I I don't know. Back to Peacock. Yeah, I think I think Vince is the only one peacocking off of this deal. 
to be honest with you. Um, and, you know, that's been a thing since we've talked about with independent contractors and since day one of wrestlers, unless yep. you have an exclusive deal, which WCW did with uh, guys like Goldberg and Sting to where they re-signed contracts and had some, uh, you know, stipulations in the end where they would gain royalties. Um, yeah. Uh, a lot of these guys are maybe new to it and uh, or don't know the knowledge of it or they just... They just want to payday and want to be on TV and want to have their passion um, yep. exposed, which is nice. Um, but it's also, man, there is a lot of content out there that guys are just not getting paid for. But that's it. so is entertainment business. But th- think about it, though. You know how many wrestlers they would have to pay like a decent amount of money to on a regular basis for, you know, when it comes to the WWE Network, all the old content, like they would go broke. Well, you know, it's not. Yeah. The the network wouldn't make a dime. Yeah, of course. You know, so like and and like I said to you earlier, Hollywood sends out these, you know, residuals for X amount of dollars, you know, quarterly or monthly or what have you. It's I mean, it's not like the WWE is the only game in town that's 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 sending Jim Cornette three dollar checks. You know what I mean? No, like I said, Disney was sending Bruce Pritchard checks for 14 cents and fucking up his taxes like I just mentioned earlier. So it's not like WWE is the only game in town that that, that does this sort of thing. Yeah, I'm wondering how John um, Cena's taxes are him being in so many uh, commercials now. Now, I've seen that guy in more commercials than I've seen him in matches this year. Yes, yeah, the Mountain Dew commercial, the Super Bowl, was 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 the most recent one that I saw mm-hmm. that he was a part of. Yeah, I, w- I wonder how much uh, what, what his residuals are like with Mountain Dew. I'm sure they're not three dollars like Jim Cornette. <laughs> no, I don't think so. God damn, motherfuckers! Not even enough to buy me a double cheeseburger with extra onions, extra mayo, double cheese, motherfucker. Three dollars. God damn! Double cheese. Uh, that kind of segues into AEW Impact uh, teaming up. Yeah, they're giving us a double cheeseburger of wrestling. That's, yeah. that's for sure. And New Japan as well. Um, it, yep. It's interesting. I mean, we've talked about this before on Catching Up episodes about the cross promotions, and I, I, I've talked about it plenty with you. Um, this is something that's been going on for a while, but MLW really did a good job um, in 2016 of doing the same thing they had uh, new japan stars roh stars um impact stars here and there but they were the only ones mentioning it which they ended up getting screwed over and a lot of their talent got bought by companies like aew and impact and new japan um which is crazy i still see brian pillman jr finishing out his contract on mlw um right now but he's uh he's a varsity blonde on aew so this cross promotion is kind of interesting. I hate that name. Yeah, it, it, this cross promotion is kind of interesting because we get into the muddy waters of keeping up with uh, who's doing what. If you're watching what, um, like, what, what are your thoughts on AEW Impact and New Japan uh, teaming up? I like some of the cross promotion with some of these guys. You know, they've you know, the, with, I'm a big fan of the Good Brothers. So them coming from impact onto AEW TV and their history they have with the bucks and kenny and you know the whole bullet club thing that's interesting but we still really don't know the purpose behind all of that um you know matt hardy and private party goes over to impact every once in a while um now you got new japan in the mix kenta you know made his debut on AEW TV recently kind of um 
getting involved with John Moxley because they have a rivalry over on New Japan Pro Wrestling Television. They're scheduled for a big match for the IWGP United States Championship uh, coming up shortly. So um, I feel like there's a few things missing from this. The first thing being the audience, okay? The audience has been missing from wrestling for almost a year now, yep. okay? And this kind of interpromotional, cross-promotional talent swaps what have you i think it's good for wrestling but it lacks that that reaction from the audience like Mm -hmm. it lacked the reaction when like kenta came out and attacked uh moxley it lacked the reaction when um omega was on impact wrestling you know even though they probably would have only had 14 fans in the audience to begin with but it still lacked that reaction you know from that live in-person audience you know yeah so that's a big thing for me that like i think is a missing component when it comes to this is the reaction from the audience granted they're gauging a lot of social media activity which you're gonna have no choice you have to now in this in this pandemic just like wwe does but um that's that's one of the things that's lacking. The other thing that's lacking is direction. And it, where's what's what's going on? What's the purpose of well, this? Why is AEW? I, why why is Omega aligned? You know, with the Good Brothers who are tag team champions on Impact. What's their purpose? What's Don Callis's purpose being involved in this? You know what I mean? I kind of had like, a brain just, fart moment, or not brain fart, but like a, a I don't know a coming to of like wait this might be what's happening. Um, years ago. When they were the elite uh, in, in ROH and New Japan, um, mm-hmm. the guys like Kenny Omega, Adam Page, and the Young Bucks, and Cody Rhodes, who are all um, members of AEW, um, mm-hmm. they had a campaign to change the world, quote-unquote. Yep. And I think this is a avenue to kind of go roundabout WWE and make their own super conglomerate league um, mm-hmm. teaming up these these smaller promotions from the um, you know the American brands to have New Japan host uh, those guys in some way I think uh, it's a long thought out plan for a five year like uh, excursion of everybody or like six year excursion to kind of have them come back to New Japan again uh, in a way, I don't know, or you're, or you have them team up with AEW and New Japan, but it's built off of the backbone of the New Japan um, system of people going on excursions. See, I've I've heard in, in a few different things. I've heard that it's to like create dream matchups, you know, and, and kind of freshen things up and help each other out because there are, excuse me, there are travel restrictions within, uh, you know, uh, from Japan. Yeah, and you'll see to the United New, New States. Japan so is you'll very, see a lot of New Japan is very choicey with who they bring over from the United States. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, they also have talent that live in the United States that are under contract to him that to them that are performing on their their. Um, their, Strong their, show. Their United States, yeah, their United States show on the Roku channel. Yeah. So therefore, um, it's beneficial to them to kind of cross promote right now to help get that channel off the ground domestically here in the United States. Um, from what I've read, they had a deal with Impact Wrestling before the AEW um, deal with Impact Wrestling came into play. Interesting. And and uh, yeah, Don Callis and Scott Demore, when they acquired the services of Impact Wrestling, when they took over, they had flew to Japan personally to apologize to management and to the locker room for the prior management of Impact Wrestling and the and the way that they had treated them. And that was like the first in the building bridge to getting back with them in, in a partnership kind of scenario. Hmm. Um, so this has been like a long time coming. 
from when it comes to impact in new japan AEW, um from what i gather um the the bucks i think were the ones that 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 started mending the fences with new japan um and it wasn't necessarily tony khan and then khan got involved and um so i've heard that it's 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 done to kind of help all parties involved right now during the pandemic um i also heard something about possibly them doing some sort of like revamped modernized version of what uh the other promotions did in the 80s with super clash mm-hmm. when awa hosted super clash with world class okay. and jim crockett and and uh and and, and mid-south and you know uswa and all those different promotions there's talk of doing something similar like that with aw impact and new japan um, so, and I believe, and I think the NWA might be involved too. If there's anything left of the NWA, because the NWA's probably been the one that has suffered the uh, most. NWA and MLW have gotten scraped apart in the last two years of all the talent. Um, the, these guys were like anybody that you name that's top like name on, <laughs> even Impact, you know, suffered a lot with the loss yeah. of AEW being uh, becoming a TV show. Yeah, so I, I mean, I've heard that there's, it, it's it's designed to help everyone out during the pandemic, create some dream matches. There's talk of Okada maybe coming into AEW and having a rivalry with Omega, and everyone knows their history in New Japan, the series of matches that they had. So never heard um, of it. I think never heard of it. Okay, you'll have to go check it out. <laughs> uh, you you ever tell my friend Dennis that he'll fucking kill you. He's 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 that's all he oh, talks you know, about. You is. know, I, I love Omega those matches. Okada. No, I know. And I, I like know. the first one better around. than the second one, but uh yeah. Yeah. But anyhow, um, I like I said, I hear it's something that's just designed to help each other out. But like I said, I don't know if there's any kind of direction. I don't know if it's something where it's it's an invasion. It's on the on the surface, it seems like it's a takeover between like an executive from Impact taking over AEW. But then at the same time, it's I don't know. It seems it like looks it's like it might be New some Japan sort of related bullet club. Bullet club yeah. Yeah, it seems like it might be some sort of like bullet club war that's going to take place over the course of a couple different promotions between you know New Japan and AEW and, and Impact. So well, to me, I don't it really seems know like what a, to make of it. It seems like a slow burn. Um, like Kenny Omega is getting in this position to be this like top meta heel, and who's the guy that needs to take him out? What's that? Who's the guy that needs to take Kenny Omega out? I guess you could say Okada, Cody if you, Rhodes. If you look at the, oh Cody, oh that's true. If you're building, yeah, if you're building your brand, like yeah, it's, and Cody's got to be, take, it's got to be Cody yeah. coming out of nowhere after all this is like, kind of peaked during the summer. Well, and 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 that go and that goes to what I've what I've talked about earlier. How there's like too much going on with AEW. Like they have like they have like two full rosters between like the the normal guys they have on the the Dynamite they show have more and then people they have than like WWE. Fucking, yeah, then they have like fucking 100 guys on Dark and like a 17-match YouTube show that goes on for three and a half fucking hours between Excalibur and, and Brody Lee Jr., you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you know, they have so much going on that like, it's just like, then you add in Impact and then you add New Japan and, you know, co- there's so many different, there's so many different factions and tag teams. It's like the tag team territory, you know, they're going to have a, they're going to have, you know, the Impact Tag Team Champions, the AEW Tag Team Champions. They'll probably do the, a six-man tag team title and then they'll have the New Japan Tag Team Champions. Oh, there's so many, there's so many different, 
there's just a lot going on, you know, and I'm not against it, but I just want to see a little bit of direction here. Like, where's this going? And I feel like we've kind of like, we, we, we've kind of lost sight of that a little bit, you know, like, is this a bullet club war that's going on in three different organizations? Is this Omega and Callus trying to take over the wrestling world and, and, you know, themselves? And I don't know what it, honestly, I don't know what it is. I'm not saying that I don't like it because I do. I actually enjoyed the most recent main event between Omega and Kenta against Moxley and uh, Lance Hoyt. Yeah, it wasn't. Lance yeah, it wasn't bad. Uh, it was. It, it wasn't was good, bad. but it didn't it put Kenta in a good position. I think it, New Japan would kind of be upset with. I mean, wouldn't you want your guy to go over there and come come out on top? You would, but at the same time, you also you know they are they they also have one of AEW guys in Moxley representing them with the IWGP title, which he brought out on TV for the first time recently yeah. in that tag match. So therefore, you don't want to totally take away from your champ either. True, you know. True. So I mean, I, I I'm I'm excited at the prospects of what this could bring. But like I said, I want to see a little bit more structure, something where I can like, you know, I, I'm not guessing so much. I, I like I like guessing and I like being surprised by things. But at the same time, I also like some organization. And I feel like right now that they're just kind of throwing guys out there and seeing what's going to stick. You know, Impact's going to bring in uh, Dave Finley and Juice Robinson. Yeah, that's um, interesting, too. Nice crossover. You know, and those guys were involved with ROH earlier this year. And ROH yes. is kind of like out in the cold. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were the ones that used to be the bridge to gap with when it came to, you know, um, when it came to, uh, you know, uh, organizational partnerships between them and, and, New and the old TNA regime and New Japan and stuff like that. So, like I said, I'm excited about it. I just want to see a little bit of direction. Like, where is this going? Like, they've just, they threw Omega out on Impact Wrestling one night with the Good Brothers, and now he hasn't been seen since, you know? Yeah. Uh, but he's he's a focal point of AEW, but they're probably going to have him on, on a New Japan show, you know what I mean? So, like, is this really all centered around Omega? Or, like, what's, what's the purpose of this, you know, other than just, with the exception of just throwing guys out there and seeing what's going to work. Right. I agree. I think it, it might be in a way to put over Cody and AEW to to have that rivalry rebuilt between him and Omega, which didn't yeah. see the light that it should have in New Japan because they weren't be- no. behind it as much. But right yep. after that, um, Omega got, you know, kind of beheaded in a way by Jay White who is now like the leader of Bullet Club. So it could yeah. tie back in to what you're talking about of dream matches. We're going to yep. we might see Jay White and uh Omega one more time because they've yep. put on a fucking hell of a showcase every time that they've they've uh been in the ring together. Um Yeah. And then there's a long story there. There's storytelling, and fans love that, especially the AEW fans. It's always about the history of the wrestlers and where they've been and uh, what goes on inside the ring and their their history with the other wrestlers. Um, So it's very interesting, like you said. I'm just happy to, uh, to, to actually observe it. And I can go and watch NXT, or I mean, I can go and watch AEW, Impact, and New Japan and kind of see the 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 sidelining and momentum build because they they kind of kept it up to where everybody kind of has the same theme and is either staying face or staying heel on each program you know it's not mm-hmm. getting squished up too much yeah 
No, I, 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 I totally, I, I, I totally get what you're saying there. Like I said, I just think there needs to be a little bit more structure. But you know what? I'm, I'm excited that the fact that there are some crossovers and you know it's not totally like it was in the '90s. Right. But I, I mean, think it's up in the air more because of quarantine. Um, yeah, honestly. and that's also too. Like I said, the audience—that's what yeah. this also lacks too—is that audience reaction. We don't know how well this is going over with a live audience like granted yes aew can see a thousand people in that amphitheater in jacksonville um as a part of the, the you know the, the the florida state guidelines with the cdc but we really don't know like you know the the type of reactions that these appearances could truly get without a in-person live audience there to witness it yeah so absolutely time time will tell but i i'm, I'm giving i'm giving it a chance i'm not you know giving up on time it. time will tell on how the reaction would actually be for kenny omega and the the club to be back together and the confusion with the young bucks and the in the club where this is yeah. like this like we're kind of beefing but we're kind of not like I, I i honestly i don't know if the young bucks would be getting over um this year on tv well that's you know, all right you know i'm glad you brought them up because Here's so here's where I'm kind of I'm kind of lost here when it comes to this and maybe maybe you can help me out here. You know, a few months back they had Omega in this tag team with Hangman Adam Page and they were, you know, kind of like this oddball tag team but they were still friends and they were part of the elite, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They lose the titles to FTR, what was it? At All Out in August mm-hmm. last year, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or September, mm-hmm. okay? And Omega walks out of the match, and the Bucks follow him from the locker room to the car or whatever. And they're, like, trying to get an explanation as to why he, you know, kind of turned his back on on Hangman Adam Page. And you never really got any kind of of follow-up from that. You know, Omega would just talk about how he was staying in a singles role he was focusing on being a singles champion etc cetera, etc cetera, um with that at the same time you know kind of vaguely acknowledging the existence of adam page and meanwhile over on the bucks end between the two of them all of a sudden they got into like they 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 ended up like they went from like trying to understand what omega was doing to being totally pissed off and beating everybody up Okay, like they put on their big boy pants and they became bad guys. But now they're now they're a pseudo good guys. Yeah, but then like they win the belts, okay, and they beat FTR, and now they're the champions, and then they are aligned with Omega and the Good Brothers one week, and then the next week all of a sudden they have issues with Don Callis, and now they're kind of not aligned with them. So it's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, there's with those two with the Bucks, I feel like there is no continuity whatsoever. Well, and I and and I mean, maybe it's because I don't know the no. the true history behind all these guys. But I feel like there's just somebody explain it to me. What the fuck's going? I on? I think the Young Bucks are the the guys that kind of were always in Kenny Omega's corner, and OG uh, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson are from the older. Uh, Bullet Club uh, with Prince Devitt, uh, who Finn Balor, you know. So yeah. um, there's a big difference of like the OG to the new school, and I think it's 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 Kenny Omega playing this character trying to be the badass, but they were they were already writing their stories to be badasses, and I think because of the quarantine and like travel restrictions, things lifted, the storytelling had to change. Um, a bit and from shout out to cool truth 
I think they're right when um, AC Whitehouse and Edwards say everybody is writing their own storylines. Um, so it's it's kind of getting you got you know young bucks focusing on their storyline what they want to do then you got omega and hopefully there's a there's a larger bullseye that we're not looking at like a you know a, a larger scope of the picture that we're okay. that we're not seeing but I, you know everybody's kind of writing their own stories and like doing what they want and some things just don't mesh man and it's really the young bucks out of everything that does not mesh with Kenny Omega's storytelling and Cody's storytelling or anything that's going on with Adam Page, you know? Like, I yeah. can get down with the Adam Page story. Like, it, it, it kind of makes sense. Like, Which one? Where The one where, the, the one well, where he's, he was... He's drunk and lost he, right now. He lost, he, yeah. he lost his friends. And, he, and everybody's trying to pursue him and screw him over when he should be the star. You know, he had okay. the, he had that moment with uh, Kenny Omega to where he could have been the next guy. Okay. And I think it's All the right. involvement I, I, of like everybody in the group. You know. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, see, I, I can I can kind of get behind that a little. But bit, again, we're because... kind of we're kind of doing that storytelling. You know, from what oh, we see. Who is the face? Yes. Uh, from yeah. what we see, rather than we. Don't, I don't want to be beaten over the head with it, but like like you said, make it make more sense. Okay. All right. All right. So I, I could. All right. Okay. Now that you've kind of explained it, there's there's a little, you know, it, it makes some kind of sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, with Hangman. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Yeah. I yeah, get we'll, it now. We'll, I get it now. We'll see. I mean, we'll see where they go. But, uh, anyway, let's, let's, let's move over to we were going to do a chamber preview, but, we kind of already did that. We did that on your episode, correct? That's right. If you go listen to the two for one chamber watch party in the archives over at Retromania, Retromania with a W on Podbean and any of the podcast platform available, uh, Kobe and I preview the upcoming Elimination Chamber matches as we are watching the 2011 Elimination Chamber pay-per-view match itself so uh, you can check that out in the archives over at retromania with a w on podbean and any other podcast platform available but uh you know while we're on the subject of uh wwe programming let's discuss um let's discuss what just took place uh, last evening at the time of this recording and that is nxt vengeance day mm-hmm. yeah overall pretty good show um uh, the card to me kind of seems slim but the storytelling after made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and NXT for the last month or so has kind of been really slow. I've I, I got to be honest with you. I'm not a fan of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Really? Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's just a lot of tag team matches don't like... They, they kind of... Tag teams should be for tag teams. Um, I don't know. They kind of do this mix and mash stuff in the the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, which I get is a throwback to the um, NWA days of the Crockett Cup. The Crockett Cup, yeah. yeah. But um, for me, man, I, I, I like unless I'm getting it consistently, uh, I'm not going to watch it. And there was matches on um, NXT, or not NXT. It, there was a match on, like, UK. Um, there was a match on... Um, 
205. There was a match on... Yeah. Um, uh, there was even main a women's event. match. Yeah. Women's tag match on 205. Yeah. yeah. So uh, They spread it out. Yeah. I get that, but I, I kind of want to keep up with the tournament and watch it. Um, and for me, I just... I don't know. They haven't had a strong tag team until this year, which MSK kind of came out of nowhere. I'm kind of jumping the ship, but uh, yep. they kind of just came out of nowhere, and it was like, all right, I guess we're doing this. Um, but I, it might be due to travel restrictions and what we have on the card. Let, let's go up and down the card. Uh, first match. Okay. Dakota, the women's match. Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez versus Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart for the women's Dusty Road tag team classic finals what are your thoughts um it was a it was a hard-hitting match which is very rare for the women's mm-hmm. matches um fast-paced i like the tandem of dakota and raquel uh raquel has kind of impressed me uh in the last few months um her stuff with rhea ripley i thought was really good and uh i wouldn't have mind seeing the, the them go you know run it back a little longer but they had that last woman standing match a few months ago and um i feel like that they that they got big things planned for her uh whether it's in nxt or if they move her up to raw and smackdown but um i thought it was a hard-hitting match and i enjoyed it and i'm glad that the you know the the, the heel females won um the first ever dusty Rhodes classic because those two have been paired together on television for over a year it was raquel gonzalez that helped dakota kai beat tegan knox mm-hmm. at nxt takeover portland mm-hmm. and then just a year later they win the dusty the first ever women's dusty Rhodes, uh dusty cup classic or whatever the fuck it's called yeah it's, it's um, a good pairing between the two because they utilize yeah. each other in the match and and Dakota Kai is always like this shit uh, heel that, you know, needs Gonzalez's help. And, and Gonzalez just cleans up her mess and, exactly. and, and takes care of business. Yeah. So I thought the match was, I thought the match was pretty good. And uh, I like that, the, that that team won. Um, I go back and forth on like tag teams and like, the, and sometimes these random pairings, like the Dusty Cup. You know, like I said, uh, throwback to the Crockett Cup. Crockett Cup used to have two singles guys, you know, paired up as a team to win the tournament and win the the kayfabe million dollars. Well, sometimes they would have. uh, But they would also have regular tag teams as well. Yeah. So there was a good mixture of both. Um, So, like I said, I go back and forth on whether I like it or not. Last few years. It's been two randoms thrown together, and then they get a shot at the titles. Then they become the champions. Then they move up to the main roster. Yeah. For me, this this um, this seems very identical to that, but it's a pairing of like Shawn Michaels and Diesel. It's um, it's it's Gonzalez and Kai who can hold their own in the ring by themselves as single stars. Yes. Um, yep. But this is this being the first women's Dusty Road Tag Team Classic. What do they get a shot at, Dave? They get a shot at the WWE Women's Tag Team titles against Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Interesting. I don't know when that's going to take place. WrestleMania? But, uh, nah, I think they're going to do that much sooner. They got they got two pay-per-views where they could do that. They could do that at the Chamber, okay. or they could or they could do that at Fastlane, uh, or they could do that on an episode of Raw, or even an episode of NXT. Maybe they'll bring Shayna and Nia back to try and pop a rating for NXT, considering both are NXT alum. That's a good call. Uh, you know, I'd do I, that I, if I, I had a show like... that was on network television and uh, drowning yeah. in the uh, ratings. <laughs> I wouldn't go far as to say drowning, but, you know. Yeah, 600,000 viewers is pretty much. Yeah, but it's not like they're getting. It's not. Yeah, well, you know, apples and oranges, I guess, when it comes to them. and, and, and We're, uh, we're AW, reaching but, impact yeah. days. 
Yeah, I, I, I guess you could say that. Yeah, I guess you could say that. But I think also too, it's, it's the viewership I, I, of how we watch and digest wrestling and entertainment. Viewer, yeah. yes, how we watch and digest, but also to that uh, that missing component is the the fans in the audience. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. still it's still very hard to watch wrestling without an audience on television. It, it really is. Well, and luckily AEW and. AEW and NXT have like their their personnel there, but you you yeah. still get the it's not the same. you still get the fake sounds with NXT yeah. during this yeah especially the, the next yeah. match the North American Championship Johnny Gargano oh, versus yes. Kushida the crowd yep. was bothering me a lot because it was just fake reaction after fake reaction um, yeah but nonetheless a fucking technical bout like I loved this match. Um, it was a great match, yeah. Gargano, I thought was going to put Kushida over, but um, did not. Man, he he took a he took the brunt of the violence in this match too. Um, he took a like a shoulder into the turnbuckle from the outside from Kushida and split yeah. split open underneath his pec and under his armpit from the uh, turnbuckle. Actually, the steel okay. it split him open. Um, looked pretty bad and. Kushida doing the Spanish fly into an armbar. What an incredible move. Um, yeah, that was a pretty cool spot, too. And then the end, where uh, Gargano is, like, you know, getting clinched in the armbar, and he pulls Kushida's head up to the top rope and, like, basically hits his neck under the top rope. Um, and then he gives him that, that DDT, which is the final beat, which is awesome because... Him and Ciampa both have DDTs as finishers, but different styles. Yeah, um, yeah. which is a callback to them. Um, but yeah, he he hit him with that DDT to the outside, and then on the inside, and then one, two, three, and retained his uh, his title clean. Yeah, you know, yeah, it, it was a good match. It, it was a real good match, and it didn't do anything to hurt Kushida that he lost. You know, the way he did the Gargano, I thought it was good stuff. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Grizzled Young Veterans versus MSK, the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Finals. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Bring me through. I want. I wanted the Grizzled Young Vets to Same. win. I. 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 I've. I, they've kind of grown on me since they've been regulars in NXT. Um, I thought that the match was over when they did that like fucking modified LOD doomsday where one of them ran through the ropes to clothesline the other oh one my on the shoulders God. on the outside. He hit, yeah. he hit was, Wes Lee with the doomsday device to the outside. Yeah. Oh my and God. And I was like, that should be the finish. I was like, that should be the end of it right then and there. And, you know, I'm not upset that MSK won. I guess, you know, they they have serious plans for them. If you're going to have them win the Dusty Cup, um, you know, right out the gate after they've only been on TV for a month. Well, they, they have but, to go against the white meat uh, area nation guys. Who? The Oni Lorcan. <laughs> White me Aryan nation. I was like, who the fuck is he talking about? Uh, Loken yeah, and Birch, yeah. yeah. I mean, that shouldn't be a bad match. No, either, but, but I guess, they're, you know, they're they wanted, workers. They in wanted the a little baby face team. Yeah, I think to, to, I think they need a better yeah, baby face team to go against them. Yeah, I get it. I, t- I get it. I, I get why they 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 had them win it. Um, but I thought the match. I, I thought the match was good overall. Um, you know, it, to me, to me, like I said, there was that point where he did the doomsday device, and I was like, "This needs to be the finish. This needs to be it." Mm-hmm. And they they kind of did the you know you know the 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 insane comeback, and you know they won it at the end, and 
Okay, that's cool. That's great. I, I don't know enough about MSK. I know they were the Rascals in, in Impact Wrestling, so I don't know enough about them to... Yeah, the Rascals to, have to a really... lot of members that are scattered right now. Um, Myron Reed, who is the former middleweight champion, uh, he's in MLW right now. Uh, he's been a he's interesting. Been, Didn't know he's that. been in there for a while. He's one of the original members of the Rascals. Um, he just put on a hell of a match in January with Leo Rush for the middleweight championship. It's free on YouTube. Anybody watching this or listening, watch that match. Um, it's okay. a it's a fucking great match. Um, Myron All Reed right. versus Leo Rush, and then they have a former member, uh, Trey Miguel, who is still in Impact. He chose to stay in Impact Wrestling. Yeah. So it's it, yeah, it's what, interesting. Yeah, I, I heard about that. Yeah, I, I knew about Trey Miguel. I didn't know about the other guy, um, uh, the Myron Reed. Yeah. But yeah, I thought overall it wasn't a bad match. Um, so you know that was. It, you know, like I said, I, I would have much rather seen the Grizzled Young Vets win, but I understand why they had a new babyface team. They need a, to, to build up a, a strong babyface team in their tag team division. These guys, you know, they can bump around a little bit. They can kind of sell really well for, you know, uh, the white meat Aryan nation baby, you know, <laughs> yeah. team that you got there. And their their so. finisher is good. It's just it's a springboard assisted neck breaker. Um, yeah. Which I, I don't know, like. To me, like all the flipping and flopping beforehand does no, like you know he should he shouldn't flip into the ring to do the move. He should just flip off of the turnbuckle for the velocity. But then again, who am I? Just a fan. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. Have you ever jumped off the top rope before? Have you ever been pushed by doing a moonsault by your buddy, and high on THC? Have you ever wrestled on weed? I think that's MSK. <laughs> Yeah, but on Wii. I totally got right. that reference, too, by the way, the way you just said it. <laughs> um, let's move right, along. continue. Women's Championship, Io Shirai, uh, defending her title, retaining against Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez. Um, I like this match. Good match. Yeah, it was quick. It I was did. quick. They said, I, I just read something this morning, they said that uh, the match was scheduled to go a little bit longer, but the girls, for whatever reason, fucking cut it short by a few minutes from, based on the finish. But Interesting. I, I don't know if I'm they, wondering if there was an injury felt, or somebody skipped a part? They, I think they might have just kind of rushed it. Okay. Um, you know, that's just my guess. That's just my take. But yeah, um, I like the match. I could have gone. Honestly, I'm kind of over the Io Shirai experiment as champion. Me too. Um, I, I feel like we've been doing this for could. two years. Yeah, she's been on. She's she's been in the in, in the title scene for a number of years now. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be against her going to Raw um, or SmackDown, um, one of the two. Um, but yeah, I would have liked to have seen Mercedes or Tony Storm come out the victor, um, and you know take it from there with the two of them. Maybe you know going head to head in a singles match mm -hmm. for the women's championship. Maybe we'll see that down the line. Don't know, but I thought it was a good match. Tony Storm's got a hell of a dumper on her. I was gonna you. say she got um, a great ass. Yeah, she got she's got quite the turd cutter Jesus on her. Christ. And, uh, and and Mercedes, you know she's 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 a tough chick. Um, I. I Quick I like her fisherman buster. Martinez. I like her combo. Yes. The knees with the fisherman she, she buster. Man, she's she good. can fucking wrestle. Yeah. She can wrestle. And you know what? I'm glad that she's in the position she's in. Um, first ever indie show I ever went to was in November of 2001 uh, for Jason Knight, who was the former bodyguard for Justin Credible in the original ECW. His promotion, Assault Championship Wrestling, had a show at like some little like Knights of Columbus 
type place and Mercedes was on the card and um, that was the that was where I got to end up be part, being a part of the ring crew and you know I would bullshit with the boys mm-hmm. and the girls in the mm-hmm. back and so um, she's a local from Connecticut I think she lives in Florida now obviously you know being that she's part of NXT but she was a local from Connecticut watched her a lot in the indie scene around here um, really honed her craft as a wrestler uh, and, and, and really made a name for herself for women's wrestling on the independent scene and you know like I said 20 years and now she's got an opportunity in NXT on a, on a on a prominent stage like that I was glad to see her part of the takeover and I'm glad that they didn't fucking saddle her with that retribution gimmick and she smartened up and said I'm not doing that right um, that, that's the rumor I heard is that she declined it she, was, she realized it wasn't it wasn't for her and she she declined it um, I was surprised that they even allowed that because you know once you tell them no then uh, then, then you know you're you're off to uh, you're off to Jobberville, but uh, it's, it's yeah, her and Rhea she, um, Ripley who uh, tore it up recently, right? Her uh, Mercedes and Rhea. Yeah. Um, I think they had a cage match yeah. on TV. That was pretty yeah, fucking a badass. Months back. Yeah. yeah, that was right before she went and joined Retribution and did that whole thing. But yeah, I'm glad to see Mercedes in the spot. I'd like to see her and Tony Storm kind of run it back again. Like I said, kind of over the Io Shirai experiment was the champion. Yeah, I'd like to see um, Tony Storm run her back again. Yeah, run you know, her downside back, slide, yeah. crack. Yeah, yeah, the whole night. Shirai though, <laughs> I, I, I'm over it. They need to pick a competitor, and I think it, it's going back to Dakota Kai, um, in a way. Um, yeah, I could see that too. So I, I don't know where we go from there. I, it's, it's kind of uh, up in the air with the women's division and the tag team division trying to spread their uh, butter too thin. Yeah. moving on well they they, okay they they actually just before we get into it sorry uh nxt is going to acquire the services of taya valkyrie john morrison's wife okay uh who just left impact wrestling so she's going to bring some some new blood she has some experience too yeah she does so i mean it'll be interesting to see how she fits in i like her wrestling uh, style girls yeah, she's yeah, she's. I've seen her. She's pretty good. Yeah. I, I think she'll. I think she'll do well in NXT. All right, uh, moving on. Oh, actually, before we move on, new uh, new NXT acquiree as well. What do you think of this guy, L. A. Knight? The former Eli Drake from Impact Wrestling and the NWA. Uh, I'm glad that you know he's talented. Um, I saw a little bit of him in Impact and a little bit of him in the NWA. I'm glad that he's getting an opportunity in NXT. Uh, the, the name L.A. Knight sounds like mm-hmm. uh, a name you would give an 80s hairband tribute. Um, <laughs> it sounds like an 80s hairband tribute. Are you ready? Really L.A. Knight! We're playing L.A. You know? Gun songs and... Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, but uh, I mean, he's talented enough that I think that like we're gonna get past the name. I really do. Uh, the re- I'm, I I'm agree. Not, he's good in the ring not, too, man. Yeah, he's good in the ring. He's good on the mic. I'm not. I. I I think we'll get past the name itself. I think he'll he'll kind of incorporate it into his own and and really make us forget about how silly it is and make us even forget that he was Eli Drake. Um, but from my guess, and you and I talked about it in text, and I'll just say it here, I'm guessing that they wanted to trademark the Eli Drake name or 
and uh, he said no, or they just wanted to give him a completely new name, and he's got Eli Drake to fall back on in the event that they cut him loose, and you know he's he's no longer a part of the company. That? But I think he's going to do good in NXT. I really do. I think we'll see him, you know, in the in the North American title scene. Well, he already called um, out the NXT champion uh, going forward, but we'll see where that goes because a lot of moving parts and pieces played after oh yeah there's there's some more moving parts with that too as well but yeah um i'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to contribute i think he's going to do well i i i I hope he does well i hope he does better than what ec3 did uh to be perfectly honest with you i hope this is not another ec3 uh situation here so we'll see yeah sadly ec3 a guy who hasn't been seen this much this year coming down with the covid uh quarantine and being locked out of roh and not being able to uh, participate in certain stuff um so yeah Sad, sad loss there, but uh, another impact champion. As we've talked about these, uh, you know, picking up the cherry picking the talent and uh, rolling forward with the future NXT. Uh, Finn Balor versus Pete Dunne, man. What do you think? Very physical match. Um, I I I enjoyed it. Um, I like the finish at the end. And I'm not talking about the finish of the match where Balor won. I'm talking about the end where Undisputed Era came out and Adam Cole super kicked him and yeah, let, then he super let, kicked Kyle O'Reilly. Let's, uh, let's go back just a bit in the match. I mean, it's hard hitting. These guys are focusing kind of back on the jaw of Finn Balor, but Finn Balor kept putting the uh, the work on uh, Pete Dunne for the midsection and the neck, um, which was awesome. Um, and... Balor, you know, gets stomped by Dunn in the ribs, and then, um, you know, we're getting a lot of hand manipulation. What are your thoughts on the hand manipulation? Because I'm not that big. I'm like, sometimes I like it, but then there's other times where it's like, okay, clearly Finn could punch him in the face with his other hand right now rather than waving his hand no while he's about to snap his fingers. But um, I I like it how it plays into the match later. I, I personally like it. I I wasn't a big fan of it um, early on when I first started watching Pete Dunne on you know NXT programming, but when he had that match with Walter a couple years ago um, at the at the Takeover in Brooklyn. And he was doing it to Walter, and he was using that as like, you know, the way to chip away at Walter in the in the in the storytelling in that match. That's where I'm, I became a really big fan of it, mm-hmm. and. I feel like it makes sense in a lot of scenarios, yeah. you know, where you just kind of pick apart the guy's fingers and, it, you know, it forces them to, to, to kind of go in a different direction uh, when it came to their offensive uh, style yeah. of wrestling. Um, and then even so much so that Balor sold it to like when at the end when he was out with Undisputed Era and he went to do the, the, the finger gun point, you know, to the camera. He couldn't even get his whole Arm, he couldn't even fingers, know, yeah. get his his fingers to, you know, come together because he was so beat up from from done doing a work on his fingers. I, I, I thought it was great. I, I thought um, the two really matched up well together, and that's another match that they could definitely run back for the title if uh, if if they decide to do it. I, I wouldn't be against seeing it. Yeah, some great storytelling there. I, I'm just sometimes when they're waving their hand, I'm like, all right, you can punch. But other time he he's got the hand locked. Um, there was a few moments where I'm like, all right, that was kind of just we're moving from part to part. Whatever. That's me nitpicking. But Dunn broke Balor's fingers to. Ex- 
escape an abdominal stretch, which is awesome, which, like you said, brought back to the fingers like they're, they're, you know, they're hurt. And then Dunn hits him with that bitter end, and I thought that was almost it. Um, and then Balor comes back with the, uh, the, the stomp and then the coup de gras. Man, that was awesome. Uh, it was like, it was 100 miles an hour at the end. And then we, yes. we come out with the Oni Lork in, and Danny Birch uh, attacking Balor. And like you said, Undisputed Era comes in with the save, sans Bobby Fish, because he has to get injured every year. Um, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's unfortunate, man. But uh, Jesus. Yeah, it, it's weird where we're left off because Adam Cole super kicks um, Balor in the head and then he kicks O'Reilly. And O'Reilly kept saying, I respect you, we respect you. Um, and Roderick Strong is there kind of unsure and unaware of what to do. Stuck in the middle. Yeah. Um, what do you think's going on here? So here, here's my take on this, okay? Um, when, when Adam Cole lost the title last year to Keith Lee... I was kind of hoping that we would see the, 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 the early formations or the early beginnings of, uh, of a split between the group, or at least at the very least, Adam Cole turning babyface and the rest of the group kind of turning heel. Mm-hmm. They went a different direction. They kind of focused more on Kyle O'Reilly as the centerpiece of the group. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then they turned them like babyface, so to speak. Okay. And for the longest time undisputed era was all about adam cole as the centerpiece and them protecting him and his title at all costs so when when o'reilly went for the championship a couple of times against balor i was just i was waiting for adam cole and the rest of the group to kind of turn on him in the same way that um Evolution turned on Randy Orton when he won the mm-hmm. title in 2004. Okay, I was kind of waiting for a moment like that to happen, and then they didn't go that route, which I'm glad they didn't go that route. Okay, I'm glad that they didn't stick with the obvious, and they they kind of kept Undisputed Era um, on the show, but like not in a very prominent role. Like they were part of the Dusty Cup in, in tag team. Like you said, Bobby Fish got injured because it's that time of year. It's like Sid with softball season. Well, I think they lost and a so, part of the storytelling with Pat McAfee being released. Well, he wasn't released, or, but they just haven't used right. him. Like, well, I thought they um, just stopped working with him. Well, yeah, I mean, I think the schedule's just, you know, okay. with with his with his show and everything. Like, I mean, I'm I'm guessing that it's open on, the, the, you know, it's open for him to 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 return at some point. I know that, um, but I don't think there was any reason in particular why they stopped using him, other than maybe just you know timing, whatever. You know how that goes. Um, but you know, with Cole, I I just felt like. Adam Cole's character was all about Adam Cole, and the Undisputed Era was all about Adam Cole. So at some point, I feel like Kyle O'Reilly's rise to the main event and to the championship was going to be a conflict within Undisputed yeah, Era. no doubt. I always felt like that there was no way that the Adam Cole character was just going to take a step back and say, you know what, Kyle? It's your turn to be the champion now. We're behind you 100%. You know? And then I was talking with my brother recently and we were talking about possible opponents for Finn Balor at Wrestlemania because there's a rumor out there that they want to showcase NXT on one of the Wrestlemania cards whether it's the first night or the second night what have you and the two choices that I there was an article that I had read that gave you different choices as to who should be you know in line to face Balor and the choices were Karrion Cross, Walter, Adam Cole, and um, 
Oh, I forget. There was one other person. There was like a fourth guy. But anyhow, oh, um, Edge hmm. being the fourth guy because he had won the Royal mm-hmm. Rumble. And I felt like Adam Cole or Walter would be the best choices to face Finn Balor at WrestleMania, being that they were on a collision course last year to do Finn and Walter at TakeOver before WrestleMania, but then the pandemic happened and COVID hit, and then they had to change plans, and Walter couldn't even get into the country. I don't know if he could still get into the country now. And then you have Adam Cole, who has kind of floundered since he lost the championship. You know, he had the little thing with Pat McAfee, then they had the War Games match, and now he's just kind of floundered. But this kind of reignited Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era as a group and put them back into a, a, a as a focal point into the storylines, which I think is a good thing for NXT. I'm looking forward to seeing how this plays out. Is this going to be a split? Where does Bobby Fish stand? Roderick Strong's a wild card. Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole, they both have history with each other from their days in Ring of Honor oh, yeah. as a tag team. They, they so I'm were sure that, part I'm of sure Wrestle Kingdom gonna... back in the day, wrestling for the ROH world title against each other. Yes, so I think that they're going to acknowledge some of that history that the two of them have in a vague manner without, you know... We were in Tokyo! Yeah, we we wrestled in the Tokyo Dome and sold out the Tokyo Dome and this, that, and the other, and now we're going to sell out the Capitol Wrestling Center with 40 fucking people who are employed by WWE not wearing their masks and not social distancing with a fucking quasi-thunderdome that we have in this fucking And the millions and millions of fake (laughs) fans. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And they are all fake chanting his name. (laughs) Rocky, Rocky, Rocky. Oh, wrong guy. Sorry. Anyhow, um, I think this is going to lead to a series of matches between Cole and O'Reilly. And, you know, maybe Strong will be in the mix. But, you know, this is pretty much the beginning of the end of the Undisputed Era. And, you know what? I'm okay with that. As much as I like them as a group. I think they ran its course. I really do. So the question is, who's going to emerge? You know, Adam Cole, head and shoulders above the rest of those guys, is the star, okay, of that group. Mm-hmm. So I think he'll do just fine. But you also, but you have Kyle O'Reilly that's right there that's becoming a force as a main event babyface. The two guys that I think are going to kind of be left out in the cold or have potential to be left out in the cold are Roderick Strong and Bobby Yeah, Fish. I think that was always the plan. those guys? Um... I, I, I do too. I do too. But it sucks because both of those guys are super talented. I know, talented. and I love like, me some I, Roddy Strong. You know what? Honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing Bobby Fish in the role of like a manager or a coach or something like on television. Like maybe he's like Roderick Strong's coach or manager, and and Strong is like the 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 premier heel for the two hundred five group. Okay. You know, as as a part of the cruiserweight division. You yeah. Know? Like. Kind of leave, kind of put them in that role, you know. Bobby Fish, I think, could be better utilized, maybe even in a commentator's role on 205. You know, maybe that's something that they've thought about with him. You know, you could put him in a commentator's role. He's not a bad talker. Yeah. Okay. I've, you know, what I mean, I'm not saying he's great, but you know, kind of see where he's at there. But maybe to keep him on television in an active role, he's like Roderick Strong's coach, if you will. Um, and and and, and Roderick Strong is you know the the one of the top heels as a part of the cruiserweight division on NXT slash 205. Kyle O'Reilly, babyface in the main event scene in NXT. Adam Cole, top heel. Maybe even give him a valet or, or a manager. I don't know. But, um, yeah, Undisputed Air is coming to an end, and I'm perfectly okay with that. But the prospects of seeing, you know, Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, Finn Balor for the title, maybe even Pete Dunne as a four-way. Wow, yeah. 
I think that'll be some really fun stuff. Absolutely. All great um, wrestlers. Like, I mean, some of the top names in the business. And you know, as uh, I've said plenty, uh, Kyle O'Reilly is like one of my top five. So um, I'm happy to see him get the shine and the push and get the rub. And I like that they're going with him being the babyface. Yes. He works well as a babyface, for sure. Yep. Yeah, no, he does. He, he's 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 done really well in this role so far in the last couple of matches he's had with Balor and the interaction that they've had. Um, and like I said, Adam, I just couldn't see the Adam Cole character taking a back seat and being like, ah, you know what? I, I've had my yeah, time. It's your yeah. time now. Yeah. You know, he's, he's just it was just too centered around him for the last couple. Like, God, we're, we're talking almost four years mm-hmm. now that that group's been together. Mm-hmm. You know, four, we're talking four years. They debuted probably the strongest the faction that they've had in Brooklyn in quite some time. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. In the whole company, it's probably one of the strongest factions they've had. Yep. So, um, I, I think we're in for some good stuff as we head towards WrestleMania season. Absolutely, I'm looking forward to it, Dave. Um, I think we've caught up for the month of February. Yes, we have. Um, we certainly have. And I hope everybody catches up with us and catches up on the archive of Retromania, um, go back. Listen to The Origin of Attitude. Listen to Marking Out the Days. Listen to Gaijin Wrestling Radio. Listen to Cool Truth with AC. Listen to every episode of Kicking Out at Two that Dave produces because they're quality-themed episodes. And, uh, uh, man, we got a smorgasbord of hours, hundreds of hours of content for your ears. Um, Retromania with a W on any podcasting platform. Dave, uh, let us know where we can find you one more time, and let's get the hell out of here and enjoy the uh, the the last bit of February before the elimination chamber. Facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two. You can find us on Twitter as well at kicking out two K I C K N O U T and the number two pictures and archives uh, to uh, previous shows as well as all kinds of fun, different topics and discussions that go on on our social media pages, memes and gifs and all that good stuff. So uh, head on over, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Bye bye.